On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McEnroe, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7 ESPN Radio Utica Rome Her A 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are Whatever you are doing Via the ESPN app. Take us with you wherever you go. Whatever you're doing. Use that technology. All, all the kids are on, on the apps these days. You should be too. You should also uh, take in the Twitch experience. Hello, Twitch friends. Twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. You get the visual experience of the program here to the Inner Sanctum. You get uh, a live chat throughout the program where you can opine as much as you want. Get in the chat, follow along, have fun with us. Uh, During radio commercial breaks, you get the show within the show, if you will. We keep the mics on, and we chat with you, we talk with you, we have Twitch-only conversations during radio breaks. It's always a lot of fun. So uh, come on by, where everybody knows your name, at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. How's your hump day going? I come in, Rain and Matt are in my studio, which explains the coffee rings I had to clean up and like everything's out of place. And I mean, these guys just come in here like they own the joint. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great to see Rain and Matt here in studio with us. Great to get into it with you on things they were discussing and things that I'm going to discuss with you. Things I'm going to talk about with Mike McAllister, who's going to join us one hour from now. I mean, we always bring on Mike to get the latest on recruiting. There was an interesting nugget that Mike put out there about, I don't know where Syracuse is on his list, but there is a quarterback who is in the transfer portal who was once offered by Syracuse, and Syracuse has already contacted his high school coach and has at the very least expressed interest. So that's always interesting to discuss and the latest on recruiting, particularly how are recruits taking it that Syracuse lost to Liberty, that Syracuse seems to be on the way to a 1-10 season, a 2-9 season, a real struggle. How are recruits taking that? Well, Mike, as he always does, a spectacular job of doing, talk to those recruits, got the actual quotes from those recruits. And in short, they're still all in. At this point. So we'll get the latest from Mike McAllister, now with Sports Illustrated, remember, at 5 o'clock. John Wildhack spoke with Chris Carlson, our friend and colleague from Syracuse.com, and shut down any speculation 
of Dino Babers not coaching this football team next year. We will get into that, certainly. I am a little agitated today, I'm not going to lie. I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I want Clayton Kershaw to get a ring, but I'm continually reminded of one of the most boneheaded decisions ever made by a, a franchise that I am a fan of. And as I tweeted last night, and I will stick by these words, this is not just hyperbole. If the Red Sox enter another 86-year drought, or however long it is, never winning a World Series again, it is their own darn fault. To hear these commentators talk about Mookie Betts, and why is Mookie Betts not with the Red Sox? A little fired up about that. The legend of Stu Peterson. Speaking of which, we know his son Jock plays for the Dodgers, but a fun walk back in time on that for those that remember Stu Peterson here in Syracuse. We'll have fun with that later in the show. Hot takes to come, the blind side, and the usual hijinks and tomfoolery of the program. But uh, we will lead right out of the shoot with what John Wildhack said to our Chris Carlson. Let me tell you that first. Uh, on an article posted on Syracuse.com a short time ago, Chris spoke with John, and John said this, and I quote, He's going to be our coach in 2021, and I hope for a long time. Adding, quote, that's what he wants, that's what I want. At the same time, we all know this is a result-oriented business to some degree. When you look at everything we've had to deal with this year, it's been incredibly challenging. I'm not going to judge the book on Coach Baber solely on this year. I'm not going to do that. You can't make emotional decisions. If you make emotional decisions, more often than not, you make the wrong decision. It's about where we are deficient and how do we correct it. I don't think anybody is really surprised to hear this. You shouldn't be surprised to hear this. Your emotions in watching Syracuse lose to Liberty, one of the worst losses in the modern era of Syracuse football in the 131-year history of Syracuse football, unequivocally, the worst loss Dino Babers has had as head coach. Just kind of being the cherry on top of a Sunday of what looks to be a season heading south in a hurry. The injuries that have been piled up, and not just that, just the way they've played in certain games that you watch and you say, what is happening before our very eyes? It's not all related to injury, but it is primarily related to injury. I know people are getting tired of hearing that, but the truth hurts. The truth is this is a decimated football team that has less than 60 scholarship players on it. Doesn't have its starting quarterback, doesn't have its All-American safety, a rail-thin depth chart at offensive line. Those are facts, okay? And you can say that one of the reasons the depth is at the level it is is because of the recruiting of the head coach. That's fair. I'm not saying you can't express your opinion that a coaching change was needed, but what I said all along and said it on this show and other forums, I've written about it, I've discussed it on the show because that's my job. My job in the role that I'm in is to hear what the fans are saying or spark a conversation for fans to react to and assess things fairly and assess things as they are. As the kids would say, you got to keep it real. And that is what I've aimed to do, sitting in this chair, sitting in the role that I have. And with great power comes great responsibility. I, I work for you. I work for you. Okay, do I work for Galaxy Communications? Sure. Do I work for Syracuse.com? Sure. 
I work for you. You're my boss. So as your employee, it is my job to not shy away from uncomfortable conversations. But being fair, being objective, and being smart about it. And what I've said to people that are asking for a coaching change is, well, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it because of what John Wildhack just said and has now said publicly, which, by the way, I will commend him for. I think you've got to nip that in the bud. If there was just even a slight little window open there, and I've been through a few coaching changes here, as many of you have, but I see patterns emerging when people get antsy and you get emails from certain people of all levels of connections to the athletic department or alumni, and it's just the same voices saying the same things, and they're expressing it to those in charge. And ultimately, this was going to be John Wildhack's call, of course, but the more he let it fester, I mean, you can do one one of two things. You can address it. You can say yes or no to that speculation, which he did, and nips in the bud and, and says it definitively, by the way. He will be our coach in 2021, and I hope beyond, but some other quotes in Chris's story. John is honest about where the program is at. They're going to sit down and assess. He's not shying away from it. And I give him credit for at least saying, okay, here's your headline. Here's what you want to know, but let's also talk about A, B, C, and D. The other option you have is to ignore it and hope it goes away, which obviously wasn't going to happen. And there's never a good strategy to start with, right? And John's saying in that quote, as we read, you know, when you make emotional decisions, often they are the wrong ones. Now, I'll be curious to see if there's more from Chris, the next opportunity. We have to talk with John on the show. There are obvious financial implications to this. I have not seen the contract, given Syracuse's private school status. They're not apt to show you these things. But they would owe, let's say they fired Dino Babers tomorrow. Do you know how much money they would have to pay him? I don't know the exact figure, but I do know they would owe him 85% of what's left on his contract. And that's a contract that takes him, I believe, I'm not 100% on this, but from what I have understand, what I understand about the contract is it takes him through at least 2024. And if not, it's 2023. Like, it's at least another few years. It's not next year. That was a contract extension that went pretty much, from what I understand, to the next presidential election. Right, wrong, or indifferent, agree or disagree. Remember, two years ago, the Pay Dino movement was in full effect. And you asked for it, and you got it. So for that reason, primarily, I've been telling you, look, if you want it, I'm not telling you you can't have that opinion. I'm telling you it's not realistic. You're not going to get it primarily for that reason. Because not only do you got to pay whoever the coach would be in this case, it's Dino Babers, a heck of a lot of money not to coach here. You then have to go get the next coach who, again, same patterns would emerge from a lot of people, a big name, whoever that would be, whatever your desire for a new head coach would be, and pay them. We're in a pandemic. The athletic department's in a hiring freeze. It's in an, a a financial situation that is dire they do have revenue coming in from television but obviously not the usual sources of revenue in other ways tech and sales and things that take a a big hit in a pandemic so it was just never realistic just never was so you could have that emotional reaction and uncle brent warned you not to i warned you not to have the same pattern of reaction to what you've seen in the past 
when a football team struggles. You're not wrong to point out some of the signs are the same. You're not wrong to point out it's unacceptable to go 1-10, even in a pandemic year. You're not wrong to point out what's in front of us here. And you never were. But would the solution be at this point to make a coaching change? No, was the answer. It's kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. Even Dino Baber said it the other day at his press conference, you know, seeing darkness, uh, seeing light, I should say, through the darkness, and he thinks good things will come out of this, and he hopes he's around to see it. Well, it looks like he's going to be. Now, next year, 2021 is what you start pointing to now, of Dylan Markowitz, of Jacoby and Morgan, of a name that is not on the roster now but could be to compete with Tommy DeVito when he's back from injury. you got to find a quarterback. That's a number one top of the list. And it's not to say Tommy DeVito can't be that quarterback, but for the failures of the offensive line, for injury this year, for whatever reasons they shall be, he has not grabbed that job by the lapels and said, that's me. You've got to find a quarterback. You've got to hit the transfer market hard. The one-year waiver is going away. In January, the NCAA is going to rubber stamp this thing, and it's open season. The transfer portal is already more active than usual, especially with waivers the past couple of years. And when you're getting red shirts, uh, um, not red shirt, when you're getting grad transfers that don't have to wait a year. But next year, when the one-year waiver rule goes away, meaning that transfers can have free reign to transfer where they want without the penalty one time. You have an opportunity to stock your roster there. You have the 2021 recruiting class that's already coming in, which we've seen this year what can happen when you put too many freshmen on the field. But if you're ready to go and you can contribute and you can help this team, you're going to play. And amongst that 2021 class is the highest-rated recruit Syracuse has had in a decade, induced Chestnut from New Jersey, the cornerback, Elijah Fuentes, defensive tackle from the Bronx, highly-rated guy, um, Josh Hugh, am I saying his name correctly, Seth? I believe so. We'll ask Mike McAllister later about him, too. It was piling up huge numbers as a running back. Every Friday night, I check my Twitter feed, and this kid's, like, getting 270 yards on, like, 12 carries. And, yes, that's high school, and you're making a transition in. But, hey, Syracuse needs running backs, particularly if Abdul Adams and Jarvian Howard do not come back. And given that they opted out, we'll see. It's kind of a weird year that way, but... Sean Tucker's great, but Sean Tucker needs help. So of those freshmen, who cracks the lineup? Of those transfers, who cracks the lineup? Of the seniors that can come back, who will? Not all of them will. But you're going to have next year what Dino Babers has been asking for since he walked in the door, and I know he is tasked with filling that request, but nonetheless has said, we need depth. We need depth of positions. We need depth top to bottom on this football team, but particularly in the trenches. And now that Syracuse has switched to the 3-3-5 and doesn't have as much of a emphasis on who's up front, well, Josh Black is a senior, McKinley Williams is a senior, and Kingsley Jonathan are seniors. Will all of them be back next year and choose to play football for another year? I don't know. I haven't had the opportunity to ask them that and where their head's at. But if they don't, you got to fill those roles or maybe one or two of those roles. On top of the other seniors who may or may not return. But what Dino's going to have next year is what he has asked for all along. He's going to have depth. He's going to have a deep football team. Here's the thing, though. 
and it's important to point this out, it's an obvious point, but one that needs to be pointed out. Everybody has the same rules. Everybody's in the same boat. Everything that I just described about Syracuse, everybody's doing. The recruits, you're coming in the transfer market and seniors being able to play another year. It's all the same, right? This is not unique to Syracuse. So the good news is, hey, you're going to have a deep football team. The bad news is, so is everybody else. But as we have seen this year, how critical it is. And you need stability. You need stability for recruiting. You need stability for the players that want to come back. You need stability just in general, right? Particularly in unstable times. We are in unstable times. When I wake up every day and I I just take a long breath before I open up Twitter first thing in the morning. And that is all walks of life. Even if the presidential election on November 3rd goes the way, whatever way you want it to, and I won't get into politics here, it's not going to solve all of our problems. Right? COVID's not going away on November 4th and some of the issues that each presidential candidate and all of our elected officials have to address, right? The world is still going to be kind of tilting on unstable. So wherever you can find some stability, you kind of have to lean on that. So I agree with what John Wildhack did. That doesn't mean you can't have criticisms of how Dino Babers is coaching, how Sterling Gilbert is coaching, how Tony White is coaching, how the program stands, all the disadvantages that Syracuse football sits with here today on October 21st. It doesn't change all of that. It's what it, I didn't even mean to make this analogy, but I'll make it. You fire Dino Babers tomorrow, it doesn't fix all those problems that exist under Dino Babers. You can't just go for the quick fix. So for those that said it, that those that feel that way and say it on social media... Put aside the contract thing, which was going to prevent that from happening anyway. I had the same question for you that I had in every other coaching change that I have either discussed on this radio show or called for on this radio show. So I would ask myself this question, too, and have the answer to that question, at least the best of my ability. And it was always the same question I have for you in this case. Okay, well, what's your plan? Fire the coach. Fire the coach. What's your plan? What do you do after that? Who do you go get? What do you switch to? How will this person change what needs to be changed at Syracuse? A lot of the same issues and patterns and problems that we hear, no matter who the head coach is. What's your plan? That was always my question in those spots. And it would be the same question I'd have now, particularly in the unique circumstances we're in. So I'm not surprised that Wild Hack did that, but to definitively say he's my coach next year, but also acknowledge the issues that are there, we press ahead. Which, by the way, you would think I would not be in favor of, because coaching speculation, that's good for Brent. That's good for sports talk radio. That's good for column writing. That's good for somebody in a media position. But it was not something I was in favor of. It wasn't. Look, through the heart of it, like I told you, and I I take this duty seriously. I owe it to you to be fair. I owe it to you to look at things objectively. I owe it to you to have an opinion, certainly, but I want it to be an informed opinion. But the biggest thing I owe you is to not be a homer. 
Personally, I like Dino Babers. There are signs, obviously, that this could work. I wrote a column today, though, which I think speaks to where the situation is. You're chasing Clemson. And as a matter of fact, let's do this. Let me break, and then we'll get into this more. But the tease for the next segment, as we like to say in radio, if you're chasing Clemson, if, if that's your serious goal, if that's what you're saying we're here to do, right? We're in the ACC, they're the top of the mountain, and you legitimately think you're chasing them, which I think is a pipe dream, to be honest with you. But if that's what we're saying here, the gap has never been wider. I mean, all I got to do is look at the point spread in this game. But that gap's never been wider. So maybe you need to recalibrate just what the goal is. It sounds big and... It's a nice big sales pitch to say something like that. And again, for a couple of years, you actually looked like you were closing the gap because you beat Clemson. And then you almost beat Clemson. You're like, whoa. But the last two years have been probably more tilted towards what normal will be. What we see on Saturday is not going to be normal. It's going to be an extreme. So where do we find the happy medium here? Chasing Clemson is is not a realistic goal. So why do you say we discuss that next? You're on the block ESPN Radio and our Burdick BMW opening drive. Great to have you here on this Wednesday. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Glad to have you here on the block ESPN Radio, presented by A&P Auto Parts. Set the phones, and then I'll give you some hot takes here. But first, at 437-7644, the one and only Stephen North Syracuse. Hello, Steve. Yeah, I've been listening to you talking about uh, previous coaching hires and athletic directors, and I had some thoughts on that. Uh, uh, new executives tend to want to hire their own people or appoint their own people. So not only are they people they're, they're familiar with, but they're people who owe their jobs to the new executive. And uh, being a college athletic director, you're two big hires of the football coach and the basketball coach. And the basketball coach at Syracuse has been the same guy for 44 years, and nobody's firing Jim Beheim to hire somebody else. Uh, when Jay Krauthammel came in, he inherited Frank Maloney, and it wasn't long before Frank Maloney was gone. Uh, when Daryl Gross came in, he inherited Paul Pasqualoni, and it wasn't long before he was gone. Mr. Coyle came in, and he inherited Scott Schaefer, and it wasn't long before he was gone. Now we have John Wildhack. My impression is that Wildhack is not in that mindset, that he uh, does not want to fire Babers just to hire his own guy there, that he thinks Babers is the guy, and uh, thus it would be different than these other situations. Is, is that the way you see it, too? That's absolutely the way I see it, and John has said that. He's used the term arranged marriage before but uh, has kind of gotten in lockstep with Dino. He likes Dino. He gave him the contract extension, which, by the way, Steve, he didn't have to do. Thanks for the call, as always, my friend. As much as people were calling for it, and there was a bit of pressure to do it, he didn't have to do it. He could have said, you know what, this is one year, let's see how this goes. But he did, and he invested in him, and now they're tied together because he is his coach. John's not going to fire Jim Beheim, but in all likelihood, he's going to have to hire his replacement. That will be a big decision in the sense of you keep it in the family. Do you give it to either Adrian Autry or Jerry McNamara, or do you expand the search? And I hope he does, by the way. And that's nothing against 
Autry or GMAC, but that's a big position. That's a head coaching job in the ACC at Syracuse University, a well-established, respected basketball program. You would be doing your job by expanding it beyond the assistant coaches. You've got to hire the best person if and when that day comes, and I think that will be on his watch. And let me make this abundantly clear. I'm not shoving anybody out the door. It's just, you know, do the math. It's just kind of realistic. He may have to hire a football coach if this continues to go south and you can't keep kicking that can down the road. But John walked into a unique situation, and, and Steve, you pointed out, kind of stopped the pattern. New guy on watch hires new coach. He hasn't done that and doesn't appear to be doing it anytime soon, but we'll have to do it eventually. Let's do some hot takes. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. We just passed 444. If you've been hurt in a car, it's time to call William Matar. Easy number to remember anytime, but especially this time of the day, 444-4444. And he is greeted by Bats. A shot into right back at the wall, and it's gone. One pitch, one more run, and the first Dodger postseason home run for Mookie Betts. Why the Boston Red Sox got rid of Mookie Betts is something I think about a lot. It's being shoved in my face now, and it doesn't help when every studio commentator, every baseball commentator, anybody with a forum like this reminds you of it when you're on social media, and people remind you of it constantly, and I don't have an answer for it. You know what, Boston? I love the Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox fan for life. If you have another curse of the Bambino on your hands, if Mookie Betts being traded to the Dodgers, I don't care what that trade was. I said this before. I say it now. I'll say it till the day I die. No trade was worth it. No trade. Mookie Betts is a once in a generation franchise player that you don't let walk out the door, a player you build around. And we saw it last night. Stole second, stole third. The way he runs the bases, hit a home run. We saw the catch and have seen how good of a player he is. I don't care if the Herschel Walker deal of baseball arrived on your doorstep. The answer was always no. The Red Sox shortchanged him. He's out the door, and now we're seeing the result of that. As, as if I needed this, A-Rod and... David Ortiz said on the Fox set last night. Buck mentioned something during the telecast, Kevin. He said, you know, wh- why did they, why, you missed the Red Sox. Why did you trade this guy for Betts? <laughs> I wasn't a GM. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, baby. I would have given some of my salary to sign him. So they were rebuilding, rebuilding. <laughs> rebuilding. It is what it is. Dodgers, enjoy Mookie. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's hot. There was never a good answer to that. The Red Sox outsmarted themselves, and Seth cracked this joke during the Twitch break, and I will repeat it. What play is John Henry funding with the trade of Mookie Betts? The Red Sox are actually about to go public. They're about to sell. You could buy stock in the in the Fenway organization that owns the Red Sox, and what is it, Liverpool Soccer, and a bunch of things. I just want to bang my head on the wall. I just want to bang my head on the wall until I make myself pass out. That's hot. Let's talk about happier things with the Dodgers. Like the legend, 
of former Syracuse Chief Stu Peterson, the Dan Patrick Show crew discusses. So we're going to go uh, episode two. Everyone knows Jock Peterson, J-O-C, and that's his actual name, by the way, Jock. It's not short for anything. A lot of times when you watch Dodger games or you hear about Jock Peterson, you're like, well, his dad played for the Dodgers. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, but you don't hear much more about that. His dad was named Stu, Stu Peterson. There's a little Jock back in the day. He played 12 years in the minors, Stu Peterson. Stu he got called up, Peterson. Call up in 1985. And there he is. That's the only picture I could find of him doing anything with the Dodgers. There he's on the sheet uh, in the middle right. He played one week for the Dodgers. 1985, he had four at-bats, no hits, one ribby, a couple, uh, All right. a couple games. Would you rather have one hit, no RBIs, or no hits, one RBI? Did he help the team win the game? I don't think it matters if you're you want the hit. Stu Peterson. Depend, it depends on how you got the RBI too. Like if it's a deep fly to center and then somebody tags up from third, you're like, I'll take that. Yeah, you were down nine two and that made it nine three. I don't think he wanted zero batting average. Yeah, I I would rather be a that's true two fifty hitter. Right, one at bat. Yeah, I'm good. Four I'm one bat. for four, no RBIs. Yeah, you tell people, yeah, I hit two fifty. Yeah, that's another episode of. How about that, Stu Peterson? Just reminds of a more innocent time. It reminds of old MacArthur Stadium. It reminds of when you could go to a local gas station or really anywhere, and there would just be a stack this thick of tickets to go to a Syracuse Chiefs game. And it'd be the middle of the summer, and you'd be like, why not? And you'd grab a stack, and you'd go home, and you'd say, Dad, can we go to the Chiefs game? Sure, why not? And you go to the Chiefs game, and it was everything but the baseball game. And this is an old MacArthur Stadium, right? You didn't have all the bells and whistles and minor league promotions, and the Simone family was running the team. It was as old school as it gets, but it just reminds of a different time. One of the most popular players in baseball history in Syracuse, New York, bar none. And it's so cool to see Jock Peterson there, and it just reminds you of the name. And if you if you Google Stu Peterson, there's just a, a photo that comes up every time. And it's that baseball card of Stu Peterson with the Syracuse Chiefs. And it's just, it's a moment. It's It's just, there are certain flashpoints. You hear a certain song, and it brings you back to... You knew exactly where you were and what you were doing at that time, and it warms your heart, right? I see that photo of Stu Peterson, and to hear the the guys talking about it, it just takes me back to, I'm 10 years old, I'm in MacArthur Stadium, and it's just a different time. It was cool to hear. Thanks to the Dan Patrick Show uh, for the audio there. We'll break on that note and come back. Mike McAllister coming up top of the hour. we got a lot of Syracuse football to talk about, current and future in recruiting. Thank you. Bye-bye.